chapter eight of yon of the windmill this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. yon of the windmill by juliana horatia ewing chapter eight visitors at the mill a windmiller of the third generation cure for whooping cough miss amabel adeline ammaby doctors disagree one of the earliest of jan's remembrances of those remembrances i mean which remained with him when childhood was past was of little miss amabel from the grange being held in the hopper of the windmill for whooping cough jan was between three and four years old at this time the idol of his foster mother and a great favourite with his adopted brothers and sisters a quaint little fellow he was with a broad intellectual-looking face serious to old-fashionedness very fair and with eyes like slans he was standing one morning at mrs lake's apron-string his arms clasped lovingly but somewhat too tightly round the waist of a sandy kitten who submitted with wonderful good-humour to the well-meant strangulation his black eyes intently fixed upon the dumplings which his foster-mother was dexterously rolling together when a strange footstep was heard shuffling uncertainly about on the floor of the round-house just outside the dwelling-room door mrs lake did not disturb herself country folk were constantly coming with their bags of grist and both george and the miller were at hand for a nice breeze was blowing and the mill ground merrily after a few seconds however came a modest knock on the room door and mrs lake wiping her hands proceeded to admit the knocker she was a smartly dressed woman who bore such a mass of laces and finery with a white woollen shawl spread over it apparently with the purpose of smothering any living thing there might chance to be beneath as in mrs lake's experienced eyes could be nothing less than a baby of the most genteel order the manners of the nurse were most genteel also and might have quite overpowered mrs lake but that the windmiller's wife had in her youth been in good service herself and though an early marriage had prevented her from rising beyond the post of nursemaid she was fairly familiar with the etiquette of the nursery and of the servants hall good morning ma'am said the nurse who no sooner ceased to walk than she began a kind of diagonal movement without progression in which one heel clacked and all her petticoats swung and the baby who head downwards was snorting with gaping mouth under the woollen coverlet was supposed to be soothed good morning ma'am you'll excuse my intruding not at all mum said mrs lake by which she did not mean to reject the excuse but to disclaim the intrusion when the nurse was not speaking she kept time to her own rocking by a peculiar click of her tongue against the roof of her mouth and indeed it sometimes mingled almost confusingly with her conversation you're very obliging ma'am i'm sure said she and persuaded by mrs lake she took a seat you'll excuse me for asking a singular question ma'am but was your husband's father and grandfather both millers they was mum said mrs lake my husband's father's father built this mill where we now stands it cost him a deal of money and he died with a debt upon it 
my husband's father paid an off and he meant to have built a house mum but he never did worse luck for us he allus says says he that's my husband's father mum i'll leave that to abel that's my master mum but nine year ago come michaelmas mrs lake's story was here interrupted by a frightful outburst of coughing from the unfortunate baby who on the removal of the woollen shawl presented an appearance which would have been comical but for the sympathy its condition demanded a very red and utterly shapeless little face lay like a crushed beetroot in a mass of dainty laces almost voluminous enough to have dressed out a bride as a sort of crowning satire the face in particular was surrounded by a broad frill spotted with bunches of pink satin ribbon and farther encased in a white satin hood of elaborate workmanship and fringes the contrast between the natural red of the baby's complexion and its snowy finery was ludicrously suggestive of an overdressed nigger to begin with but when in the paroxysm of its cough the tiny creature's face passed by shades of plum-colour to a bluish black the result was appalling to behold mrs lake's experienced ears were not slow to discover that the child had got whooping cough which the nurse confessed was the case she also apologized for bringing in the baby among mrs lake's children saying that she had thought of nothing but the poor little cherub herself don't name it mum replied the windmiller's wife i always say if children be to have things they'll have em and if not why they won't a theory which seems to sum up the views of the majority of people in mrs lake's class of life upon the spread of disease i'm sure i don't know what's coming to my poor head the nurse continued i've not so much as told you who i am ma'am i'm nurse at the grange ma'am with mr ammaby and lady louisa they've been in town and her ladyship's had the very best advice and now we've come to the country for three months but the dear child don't seem a bit the better and we've been trying everything i'm sure for anything i've heard of i've tried as well as what the doctor ordered and rubbing it with some stuff lady louisa's mamma insisted upon too even to a frog put into the dear child's mouth and drawed back by its legs that's supposed to be a certain cure but only frightened it into a fit i thought it never would have come out of as well as fetching her ladyship all the way from her boudoir to know what was the matter which i no more dared tell her than fly dear dear said the miller's wife have you tried goose grease mum tis an excellent thing goose grease ma'am and an excellent ointment from the bone-setters at the toll-bar which the butler paid for out of his own pocket knowing it to have done a world of good to his sister that had a bad leg besides being a certain cure for coughs and cancer and consumption as well and then the doctor's imprecation on its little chest night and morning besides but nothing don't seem to do no good said the poor nurse and so ma'am her ladyship being gone to the town thinks i i'll take the dear child to the windmill for they do say where i came from ma'am that if a miller that's the son of a miller and the grandson of a miller holds a child that's got the whooping cough in the hopper of the mill whilst the mill's going it cures them however bad they be the reason of the nurse's visit being now made known mrs lake called her husband and explained to him what he was asked to do for her ladyship's baby the miller scratched his head 
i have heard my father say that his brother that drove a mill in cheshire had had it to do said he but i never did it myself ma'am nor ever see em done and a hopper be an ackard place ma'am we've ground many a cat in this mill from getting in the hopper at nights for want however he added i suppose i can hold the little lady pretty tight and finally though with some unwillingness the miller consented to try the charm being chiefly influenced by the wish not to disoblige the gentlefolk at the grange the little jan had watched the proceedings of the visitors with great attention during the poor baby's fit of coughing he was so absorbed that the sandy kitten slipped through his arms and made off with her tail as stiff as a sentry's musket and now that the miller took the baby into his arms jan became excited and asked what daddy do with un the old-fashioned little piece exclaimed the nurse admiringly and mrs lake added let em see the little lady master the miller held out the baby and the nurse removing a dainty handkerchief edged with valenciennes lace from its face introduced it as miss amabel adeline ammaby and mrs lake murmured what a lovely little thing by which for truth's sake it is to be hoped she meant the lace-edged handkerchief in the exchange of civilities between the two women the respective children in their charge were admonished to kiss each other a feat which was accomplished by jan's kissing the baby very tenderly and with all his usual gravity as this partly awoke the baby from a doze its red face began to crease and pucker and twist into various contortions at which jan gazed with a sort of solemn curiosity in his black eyes stroke the little lady's cheeks love said mrs lake irrepressibly proud of the winning ways and quaint grace which certainly did distinguish her foster-child jan leaned forward once more and passed his little hand softly down the baby's face twice or thrice as he was wont to stroke the sandy kitten as it slept with him saying poor it a pussy it's not a puss-cat bless his little heart said the matter-of-fact nurse it's little miss amabel adeline ammaby say it love said mrs lake adding to the nurse he can say anything mum miss amabel adeline ammaby prompted the nurse amabel said the little jan softly but after this feat he took a fit of childish reticence and would say no more whilst deeply resentful of the liberties jan had taken miss amabel adeline ammaby twisted her features till she looked like a gutta-percha gargoyle and squalled as only a fretful baby can squall she was calmed at last however and the windmiller took her once more into his arms and mrs lake carrying jan they all climbed up the narrow ladder to the next floor heavily ground the huge stones with a hundred and twenty revolutions a minute making the chamber shake as they went round they made the nurse giddy the simplest machinery has a bewildering effect upon an unaccustomed person so has going up a ladder which makes you feel much less safe in the place to which it leads you than if you had got there by a proper flight of stairs so very often has finding yourself face to face with the accomplishment of what you have been striving for if you happen to be weak-minded under the combined influences of all these causes the nurse listened nervously to master lake as he did the honours of the mill 
those be the millstones ma'am pretty fastish they grinds and they goes faster when the wind's gusty many a good cat they've ground as flat as a pancake from the poor gawney beast getting into the hopper oh sir cried the nurse now thoroughly alarmed give me the young lady back again deary deary me i'd no notion it was so dangerous oh don't sir don't tut tut i'll hold un safe ma'am said the windmiller who had all a man's dislike for shirking at the last moment what had once been decided upon and as the nurse afterwards expressed it before she had time to scream he had tucked miss amabel adeline amaby's finery well round her and had dipped her into the hopper and out again in that moment of suspense both the women had been silent and the little jan had gazed steadily at the operation as it safely ended they both broke simultaneously into words you might have knocked me down with a feather mum gasped mrs lake i couldn't look mum i couldn't have looked to save my life i turned my back i'd back ye allus to do the silliest thing as could be done missus said the miller who had a pleasant husbandly way of commenting upon his wife's conversation to her disparagement when she talked before him as for me ma'am the nurse said i couldn't take my eyes off the dear child's hood but move no thank you ma'am i couldn't have moved hand or foot for a five-pound note paid upon the spot the baby got well whether the mill charm worked the cure or whether the fine fresh breezes of that healthy district made a change for the better in the child's state could not be proved nor were these the only possible causes of the recovery the kind-hearted butler blessed the day when he laid out three and eightpence in a box of the bonesetter's ointment to such good purpose lady louisa's mamma triumphantly hoped that it would be a lesson to her dear daughter never again to set a london doctor's advice however expensive above a mother's she meant a grandmother's experience the cook said goose grease and kitchen physic for her and of course the doctor very properly as well as modestly observed that he had confidently anticipated permanent beneficial results from a persevering use of the embrocation and only to the nurse and the windmiller's family was it known that miss amabel adeline amaby had been dipped in the mill-hopper chapter eight